Welcome to Equipus Church Dunedin. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Will Levy. For more information, check out equipuschurch.com. Amazing, everyone. It's been pretty cool watching um, people rally behind the youth. It's been great. Um, and uh, they've, been, they've actually been working really, really hard. Um, and so I want to esteem and, and applaud the youth leaders and the youth team and everyone who's getting behind them. Um, there was a job that we really didn't want to do, and so we got the youth to do it. Yeah. Anyone else want to pay people to do jobs that you don't want to do? You do it all the time. Come on, don't. <laughs> so um, we got a few of the gardens done um, out in church. I don't know if you've noticed that. That was the youth handiwork there. Um, we also started a recycling center from the garden on the corner of George Street. Uh, there was well over 200 bottles and cans of something or other in there. But um, again, it's just to uh, raise funds to help youth and the young people get into a pr- the presence of God in a bigger environment. Um, who, who, who remembers those moments where you've, uh, you've gone away to a conference or you've gone away in, to a camp or an overnight weekend and you've just chosen to take time to sit at the feet of Jesus? I pray if you've never done that, I want to encourage you to do that. Maybe Shout Conference, an opportunity for you to do that. Uh, I, I myself, I love the environment at Shout. I love, I love the presence of God, and, and I've, I've had many times where I've been there, and God has spoken to me through that. But, you know, any space. I know there's been other people who go to other local com- conferences, to the boutique conference out in, uh, in Queenstown that ICC run. Uh, just other Easter camps, whatever. Uh, Just get into the presence of God, amen? And uh, we're in the presence of God this morning, amen? And and we're doing a series, we're second week into a series called Beyond Blessed. Who wants to live a life beyond blessed? We're blessed, but I believe God's blessed us to overflow, uh, to have outflow in our lives regularly, but also to live with that outflow to overflow. I believe that Jesus came to give, came to give us life and life in its abundance. Who's ever experienced abundance? I've, I've, I've experienced abundance before many times. I've had, um, the, uh, I've had family members, I won't say who, but I've had a gastro bug. And I've experienced abundance. Anyone else experienced abundance? Yeah. Um, many, many, many times. You know, I, anyway, just drawing a picture there. Moving on. Um, the, God wants us to live in abundance, live in overflow. Um, I want to start off this morning with a little bit of a, um, oh, a little bit of a questionnaire. Hello, you know. I want to. I want to just throw out famous duos. I want to I ask, I mean, there's a famous duo that if anyone ever said to me, like, tell me a duo, there's really two famous duos that come to the front of my mind. And um, that, those two duos, I'm going to give you the top one first, I think. Uh, if I, if just like, uh, put your, I'm going to test this one and see if I'm right, see if I'm prophetic, seeing if everyone knows this. I want everyone to put your hand up for a second. Does everyone, just, this is your, this is your buzzer, okay? This is your buzzer. If, 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 I, if I say the duo that you are thinking of right now, you've got to keep your hand up. If I, say, if I say a different one, and you can put your hand down, all right? Is that okay? All right, there's two of them, so I'm really torn right now. 
The duo of duos. Okay. 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 Give, you, all right, you give me two shots then, all right? Because we're talking about duos, two, two shots. Okay. The most famous duo that I think you are all thinking of right now. Oh, I'm still torn. <laughs> Batman and Robin. Keep your hand up if I said... Okay, now if I get this one right, you got if this is what the one that you were thinking of, you gotta put your hand back up. Bert and Ernie. Anyone? Oh, a couple of hands went back up. Alright, put your hands down. Batman and Robin. Tom and Jerry. Tom and Jerry, Bonnie and Clyde, yeah. Romeo and Juliet. Any Romeo and Juliet? Oh, a couple of romantics out there. Um oh, there's Mario and Luigi. Yeah. Okay. Um Scooby and Shaggy. Yeah, a few, a few. Uh, all right, we're getting into some actual people. Um, John Lennon, Paul McCartney. Uh, yeah. I, I, I got, obviously, I googled this list. Um, what about Joey and Chandler from Friends? Uh, um, I guess you could say Rachel and Monica. Um, what about Woody and Buzz Lightyear? Yeah, should, maybe this is in kids' church. Um, Sherlock Holmes, Doctor Watson. Um, Frodo and Samwise, any Lord of the Rings fans out there? Obviously not, <laughs> all right. Any English fans, Ant and Dick? Yeah, a few. Um, okay, another, I'm going back, swinging around to the romantic side of things now. Think of it, not Romeo and Juliet, but the next romantic, Jack and Rose, Titanic, anyone? Leonardo and Kate, anyway. All right, for, for let's say there might have been what about the latest uh, action movie, Goose and Maverick? Yeah, come on. All right, or Rooster and Maverick now. Um, anyway, lots of famous duos. Lots of famous duos around. You've probably got a list that could keep going um, for a long time. What about some amazing duos out of the Bible, Grace and Truth? Come go together. The Spirit and Truth go together. His goodness and His mercy. Psalm 23, follow you all the days of your life. What about faith, hope, and love? Yeah, some of you were criticizing me. That's a three, not a duo. But what about just thinking about faith, hope, and love rather than criticizing? Right, anyway. Um, and the next one, grace and peace. Um, you know, I think a couple of, uh, also some amazing duos as, as husband and wife. Don't get down if there's things that have happened in your world that that's not happening. But that is a good duo. That's a, that's a duo that God desires. Mum and dad is a good duo. Yeah. Um, what about riding a bicycle? Having two wheels is a good duo. Anyone? What about paddling a boat with two oars? Have you ever tried paddling a boat with one oar? All you do is just go round and round and round in circles. Um, you, you know what? Two feet is a good duo. Uh, you know, uh, walking with two legs is a good duo. Uh, you get to get places a lot faster. Uh, unfortunately, there are people that don't have two legs and they have to rely on um, wheelchairs or something like that, and it makes life more difficult for them. Um, so there's, there's lots of duos that work together. And this morning, I want to talk about a duo, a biblical duo that work together. And they have to work together. They actually don't work as effectively 
by themselves. They do work by themselves, but they work better together. And that duo is called generosity and stewardship. To live a life beyond blessed, we've got to get that duo working together in our lives. I I love it that we're called to be generous with our lives, with our time, our treasure, and our talent. There's generosity outflows. Many people yesterday gave up their time to make cheese rolls. There was a generosity of of heart there. There was a giving of time. There was a giving of talent because it does take talent. Um, You know, there was there was a giving, and so. But there's also there's a generosity as well because um, we we needed to purchase those those cheese rolls. We needed to to organize the cheese. There was time as well going out and and that sort. So this morning, I just want to share a few thoughts to us all around how generosity and stewardship work together. And even in the, in the worship this morning, I felt like God said to remind everyone of the illustration of, of living in God's slipstream. I don't know about you, but um, I, does anyone ever like running or cycling or into the wind? I, 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 like, I hate it. Like... Like I'm, I, I right now I'm, I'm excited about walking, so I've been doing a lot of walking. You know what? Well, I will walk in the rain. I will walk in the sunshine, but if it's windy outside, uh-uh. <laughs> or I'm like, okay, like Desiree, can you drop me off at Portobello and I walk with the wind all the way down to wherever? Um, you know, so I'm trying to. I hate going into the wind. And I, and I think God wants to remind us of actually generosity and stewardship is learning how to live in the slipstream of God. Where God goes ahead of us into the wind or, 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 or and we just, generosity and stewardship is, is one of the ways, one of the ways how we can slip into the slipstream of God. Forgiveness is another way how we slip into the slipstream of of God. Um, and, and so I, I just felt God wants to remind us this morning, this is a way how we can live in the slipstream of God, um, putting these things into our life, having these attributes, having these principles, having these um, concepts outworking in our lives. Is that all right? Okay, cool. I want you to turn to Matthew chapter 25 in your Bibles. Um, all of my scriptures this morning... Uh, from the New Living Translation, just to help us out. This is a, well, uh, I don't know how many times I've used or shared Matthew 25 as an illustration. Um, but it is, if Jesus is, is telling a story, who knows that the story is good to be told again. Yeah, we can learn some stuff. And so the parable of the three servants, and may, may, many of you may have come across this before, but um, I say continue to keep your heart open. We can always learn. Again, the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story of a man going on a long trip. He called together his servants and entrusted his money to them while he was gone. He gave five bags of silver to one, two bags of silver to another, and one bag of silver to the last. Dividing it in proportion to their abilities, he then left on his trip. Verse 16. The servant who received the five bags of silver began to invest the money and earned five more. The servant who, with the two bags of silver, also went to work 
and earned two more. But the servant who received the one bag of silver dug a hole in the ground and hid the master's money. After a long time, their master returned and his, from his trip and called them to give an account of how they had used his money. The servant to whom he had entrusted five bags of silver came forward with five more. Um, the master, you gave me five bags of silver to invest, and I have earned five more. The master was full of praise. Well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handing this small amount, so now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. Let's celebrate together. I want you to remember that. Uh, verse 22, the servant who received the two bags, same thing. Um, verse 23, well done. And then the servant, uh, verse 24, the servant with the one bag of silver came and said, Master, I knew you were a harsh man, harvesting crops you didn't plant and gathering crops you didn't cultivate. I was afraid and I would lose your money, so I hid it in the earth. Look, here is your money back. But, but, but the master replied, you wicked and lazy servant, if you knew I was a harvest, if I knew I harvest crops I didn't plant um, and gathered crops I didn't cultivate, why didn't you deposit my money in the bank? At least I could have gotten some interest on it. Then he ordered, take the money from the servant, um, this servant, and give it to the one who has 10 bags of silver. To those who use well what they are given, even more will be given, and they will have abundance. But from those who do nothing, even what little they have will be taken away. Uh, now throw this useless servant into outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Um, like, what an illustration. Have you ever told someone a bedtime story? Finished off and there will be weeping uh, and gnashing of teeth? That's a bit brutal. Because, um, like, but here's the thing. This is a... This is an illustration. Jesus is telling the story to illustrate the kingdom of heaven. He, he's not just going, oh, uh, like, this, uh, he's, he's saying this is an illustration about the kingdom of heaven. This is, an, this is not just an idea. It's not just a concept. It's not just a take it or leave it. It's a, it's a, it's a story Jesus is telling, an illustration of how the kingdom of heaven works. Uh, have you ever heard someone telling a story uh, about what they're passionate about? Uh, of, a, of a friend, many of you many of you will know him. His name's Aaron Hooker. And he's, in a, he's a mechanic. And every now and then I'll start talking to him about how, how, how motors, motors work. Because um, I have no idea. I know they need oil and they need petrol. And a spark. But, but like, I've spoken to Aaron. He's like, oh, yeah, and then this goes into this, and this goes into this, and then this goes into this. And this. I'm like, hmm. Passionate, are we? And, and, like, you have this great conversation about someone who knows a little bit more about something than what I do. Well, actually, let's say a whole lot more about something than what I do. And so here's Jesus giving us an illustration, telling us about the kingdom of heaven. And so this morning, I just want to, I want to talk about stewardship from the point of this illustration. The, um, the first of all, the kingdom of heaven will be illustrated by, and it says, uh, there's, there's four things that the master did. The master came and he gave, oh sorry, first of all, he called. 
He called the person. He's called. Are you called this morning? The answer is yes. You're all called. We are all called. So first of all, the master has called you. He's called us. He's called me. Um, he's called his servants. Are we servants this morning? Yes, we're servants of the Lord this morning. We're servants of the Most High God. And then it goes on. It says, he entrusted. So he called his, we're serv- his servants and he entrusted and he gave. Well, that was the fourth one this morning. So the master, the illustration is like, hey, I'm, gonna, I'm calling you. We're servants. He's entrusted and he gave. I, I, what, a, what a great way to look at how the Lord has, has, has established our lives. We've all been called. We've, we've all servants of God. And God has all entrusted us with something. He's put something in our hand. Who's gifted in this room? Every hand should go up. Every hand. Who's graced in this room? Every hand should go up this morning. Um, but he's entrusted. We've got to understand that God has entrusted. God has entrusted. He's put something in you and he's trusting it in you. All right? He's, in, he's entrusting. Everyone spell mine. So like, because that's the challenge, right? No, it's mine. It's mine. You, you from birth, what's the first word you learn? Mine. Maybe some other things. Mine. But guess what? Mine is just a different way to spell entrusted. Because there's an in in me. Who's, who's seen those, who's seen those um, things? There's someone's getting it. How do you spell mine? M-I-N-E. There's an N in me. All right. So, so, so here's the thing. If you want to say it's mine, you can say it's yours. But you've got to say it because you've been entrusted. You can't say it because of ownership this morning. See, we did, is, is that a little bit technical? I just watch the Air New Zealand like quiz things all the time. And they're like, oh, there's a, oh what's this cryptic thing? But I, I was just thinking that this morning. No, it's, when we say something's mine, we have this attitude that we're owners, that it belongs to us. No, it's not ours. We have been entrusted with everything. Stewardship is about being entrusted with everything. You can say it's mine if you know that it's yours because it's in you. It's in me this morning. It's in me this morning. God has placed something in me. He's trusted me. He's given it. To me, but that's a place so that we are stewards, not owners. Everything. The master's come, and here's this illustration. This is a story. He's called. He's entrusted. He gave to his servants. He gave in proportion to their abilities. I've shared this many times. That word abilities broken down, and the Greek word is called dunamis which is the same as the dunamis power of God. And sometimes we think it's all about our natural ability. No, it's all called, called the, into the, abil- the, the power of God, the ability of the power of God in our lives. Because here's the thing, both of those two servants, they acted out in faith. They acted out in the power of God. They acted out in faith. They didn't act out in fear. The third servant acted out in fear. Fear of maybe not having enough. Fear of not believing, fear of not thinking that the master was harsh. They didn't act out of faith, they act out in fear. And see, 
I want to encourage you this morning. Everything about stewardship is about whether we act out in faith or we act out in fear. Because when we, we think, oh, no, I need to hold on to that, it's because we're not trusting the Lord. Or we're not following God. Can we this morning just go, you know what, God, I want to be a good steward. One master, three servants, two different outcomes. I believe this morning that we can all have, we can all have the same outcome as the other servants, the first two servants. How do we do that? We do that by faith. We do it by faith. We do it according to the ability, according to the power of God in and through our life. As I shared last week, there's a sound right now that financially life is tough. There's lots of bills, different things. Across the board, I'm hearing this across our congregation. Not just our congregation, other people I talk to, life is tough. Finances are tight. But we have a great opportunity to continue to be great stewards of what God has given us. And this morning, we have a great opportunity to go, Lord, I'm going to live by faith and not by fear. Good stewardship is to living by faith and not by fear. It's about bringing wisdom into our lives. It's, sometimes it's about withholding some of the desires we might have. Yeah, sure, I'd like to go out and wear the latest Jordans, the dunks. I'm just moving. I'm like, what were my kids talking about again? It's just like, yeah. You know, we're living, just being a good steward. First of all, we've got to understand we own nothing. We own nothing. Everything's God's. Everything is the Lord's. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10, and um, I forgot to give this one to the team. It says, God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. Use them well to serve one another. I want to encourage you this morning. We're, we're only ever stewards. As soon as we get to the mine and the ownership, we're going to start living in fear. We're going to start making decisions out of fear because we only start uh, seeing things by our, our own ability, not by the ability God has given us by faith this morning. And it's a challenge. It is a challenge. But is God trustworthy? He's trustworthy. He knows what you're capable of. Because in the story, the illustration, the master gave according to the ability. He knew what he's faithful of. Hi. He knew what you're capable of. He knows what's in your life. See, when it comes to Malachi chapter 3, verse 10, and we briefly, we t talked on this last week, and I'm not going to unpack this a whole lot, but tithing is a way of stewardship. Tithing is actually a test of stewardship. Because tithe, broken down, means tenth. And in this passage of Scripture, and I'm going to, going to read it through once, and I'm going to leave it with you and let you mull over it with faith or mull over it in fear, because that's the only two ways that we'll look at it. And it's okay. It's totally okay. If it's a challenge. Totally okay. But, but here's my, my encouragement to you is go to God. 
the illustration here is the Lord talking. And the Lord's talking. Verse 10, it says, bring all the tithe into the storehouse so there will be enough. Then bring all of it, not part of it, some of it, all of it. So there will be enough food in my temple. If you do, says the Lord of heaven's armies, I will open the windows of heaven for you. I'll pour out a blessing so great you, you won't have enough room to try it. Uh, to, uh, room, sorry, I lost my place. Enough room to take it in. Try it, put me to the test. Your crops will be abundant for I will guard them from insects or disease. Your grapes will not fall from the wine before they are ripe says the Lord of heaven's armies. Then all the nations will call you blessed for your land will be such a delight, says the Lord of heaven's armies. He's like, do this, try it, put me to the test. Can I say, do it, try it, put God to the test. Stewardship is trusting God. We're, we're not owners. Everything that we have has been given to us by God. Friend, this morning, this is a great opportunity for you to grow in God, grow closer to Him, put your faith and trust in Him. Please, I'm not, I'm happy as to talk with you anytime. I've got many times of how God has, has led me through this challenge. But as I've put my faith in God, as we've honored Him in the tithe and brought all of it into our local church, we have been blessed. Now, even this morning, as we were, we normally I come in to church with one of our kids, and I leave early just to get here a little bit early. But we we actually had one of our vehicles in in that church this morning, stayed overnight, got cold. But um, as I was driving in this morning, and Desiree's on the left, and all the three kids in the back, and. And I was like, man, I'm blessed. Like in this, you can think, oh, I was supposed to have a monetary reward. No, it says that he'll, he will bless you. He will bless you. I, I thought, man, I'm blessed. You know what? Where are you blessed right now? Where are you blessed? Don't get me wrong. Beautiful family, three kids. Do they argue and fight 80% of the time? <laughs> Maybe. But that's just growing up. That's just growing up. Come on, I, I think, like, who did their homework last week? Oh, homework? What was the homework? Write a list of all the things you're thankful for. Uh, be blessed. Come on, you will be blessed. When it comes to stewardship, got to move on, got to move on. Um, James chapter 1 says, Whatever is good and perfect is a gift coming down to us from God, our Father. He who created all the lights in the heavens, He never changes or casts a shifting shadow. Whatever is good and blessed is a perfect gift coming down from the Lord. He's gifted you. He's graced you. Would you be a good steward of it? Not an owner, you're a steward. Remember the Lord of Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 18. Remember the Lord your God. He is the one who gives you the power to be successful. He's the one. No one else. 
If you want to, you know, often you can buy a toy from the shop. You can look at this little plastic molding on the bottom of it. It says, what? Made in China. Great manufacturers of toys and a whole lot of things. You know what? If we took you and took your, foot, took your shoe off right now and your socks, turned you upside down, had a look at your feet, we would say, made in heaven. Who's thinking they've got a stamp on the bottom of their feet right now saying, made in heaven? No, you were created. Psalm 139 says he knew you. He created you before you were born. He knows you. He's gifted you. He's graced you. He's given you everything that we have, but we are stewards, not owners. Amen? So that's one of the wells this morning. One of the wells, one of the oars, one of the feet, one of the Tom and Jerry's, one of the Batmans and Robins. Good things work. Together, the second one is generosity. Generosity. So we're stewards, and there's an, we have a great opportunity through the tithe is to bring into the storehouse what God has given to us to entrusted us with. But generosity is above that. Generosity overflows above that. Above that. Jewish custom will always be that they 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 spend around about seventy eight percent of the income or the or the 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 increase that they have in their life, and and, and just quickly breaking it down, ten percent is the tithe, and then another ten percent they tithe to themselves. But every fourth time, every fourth week, this is very very. Shane Willard preaches it a whole lot better than this. But every fourth time, it says that you use that money to be generous, overflow ah, to other people. You know, this morning, I thank you that you were generous in buying cheese rolls. They, they out of, uh, I, think, I don't know what the actual profit margins were, but they made around about $2,000. That's good, eh? Guess what? We still need $300 per ch- person. Anyone? <laughs> Maybe sporadic right now. But generosity means we could actually go a little bit further, not just having to pay for something. Like next week, the bake sale. I dare you to pay 300 bucks for six muffins. That's generous. It's not about the muffins. It's about the generosity for this fundraiser. But I'm just, uh, just because that's on my mind right now. Generosity is buying a cup of coffee for someone and opening your heart and listening to them. Generosity is taking time to get into someone else's world. Generosity is financial as well. You know, we're sowing into different things. You know, we're not doing this series because in about a month's time we're taking up our miracle offering. We're doing this series because we know these biblical principles work in our lives. And so stewardship and generosity go hand in hand. In Acts chapter 2, verse 42 to 47, I love this because it's an illustration of the first church. All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship and to the sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over them all, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And all the believers met together in one place, shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshipped together at the temple each day, met in homes and for the Lord's Supper, and they shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill 
of the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. Man, I want to join a group of people that share everything. They just, look how many times shared was in there. So many times they shared everything. Some people sold property because there was a purpose, there was a passion. I'm not asking you to sell property right now. What I want you to focus on is they shared. They were generous. It says there, and a great joy and generosity came over them. A deep sense of awe came over them. But it came, and they shared their meals with a great joy and generosity. Joy and generosity. Like, we were like, oh, we, we, have, we have prayer meetings. Oh, Lord, we pray that there would be joy in church this morning. Please, Lord, let there be joy in church this morning. It's not quite, it's not like that. It's not like that. I'm just trying to illustrate, illustrate this morning. But like, how do you want to get more joy? Share, be generous. The Bible says it is more blessed to give than it is to receive. That word blessed in the Greek is the word makorios, which means happy. Happy. I don't know about you, but have you ever served someone, gone and helped someone out, taken them a meal and walked away grumpy? I don't know. Hopefully not. Hopefully been happy. Like, man, that was cool. That was good. It was more blessed. A deep joy and generosity. There's an overflow out of our lives. I pray as a church we would be good stewards and we'd be, good, and we'd be generous with our lives as well. Because the Lord will add to that group of people. It's not about the Lord adding to the group of people. It's about the, the people adding the Lord to them. I want to encourage you this morning. Live your life as a good steward. Live, live your life as generous. Can I, I think this will be okay. I think you can handle this. Like, I don't often go out at night. And I especially don't often go out uh, to a pub and that sort of stuff. But, you know, last night there was an opportunity where I'm coaching with um, the John McGlashan rugby. And so they had an occasion, they had an event last night where you could go out and um, meet down at Joe's Garage. And, um, and, and get together and talk to some of the parents, other coaches, and it was just a camaraderie thing, which was cool. Um, but then there was an opportunity, it was like, oh, um, a couple of guys there, and I was like, oh, because I often don't buy alcohol, because no, it's, no, it's, it's expensive. Uh, last time I ever bought a beer out, it was like $4. That's how old I am. <laughs> but like last night, I'm there, and there's two guys, and we're building up this camaraderie, building up this relationship over a period of time of, of, of coaching, and they don't know Jesus. In fact, one of them asked, oh, what do you do? I'm a pastor. Like, I wouldn't have thought that. Anyway, and I'm stuck there. I'm like going, oh. Do I actually want to spend $33 on three beers? I didn't really want to. And you can be torn here with an illustration around alcohol or not, but I was like, you know what? I'm going to offer and I'm going to ask these guys if they'd like a drink. 
and I spent $33. Like, oh my gosh, what a, what a waste of money. But was it a waste of money? Because it was all about trying to be generous. And so I took a long time to drink my beer. So I had one. A long time. I savored it. This is not about alcohol. This is not about drinking. It's about generosity. I'm going to build a relationship with these guys. Oh, what? There's this pastor guy. He bought me a beer. Now, be very wise and when you're listening to this illustration. Because I'm not saying that you have to get into the world. We, we reach the world. But... Yeah. Is that all right? Okay, moving on, moving on. We've got to finish this thing. But we shared a few things, a few things. Where's it gone? Here it is. They devoted themselves to the apostles, to the teaching, to the fellowship, to the sharing, and to prayer. And a great sense of generosity came over them. A great sense of awe came over them. God's called us to be generous. God's called us to live our lives generous. You know, next week, I might have been joking about buying $300 worth of muffins. Last year, our e-group paid $400 for a cake. And our e-group pretty much actually just turned into Jason. He got some. Jason and Tammy did get some money back, but I did. They didn't. I don't. Pretty sure it didn't. It didn't get split out evenly. Anyway, <laughs> generosity. What do you got the ability? We've all been given an ability, but stewardship and generosity work hand in hand. Worship team, if you guys can jump up, please. We'll help finish. <laughs> Ownership, stewardship, generosity. These are all things that everyone is challenged with. And and from my point of view, we're challenged with it in seasons as well. Because there's seasons in life that we go through where we can be real generous. But then we go through another season. Maybe there's a job change or transfer or whatever and Maybe the increase of the, into our lives is not as much as what it used to be. Maybe there's more dependence in your home. Like Desiree and I, we were able to, well, we're still generous, but we were able to give a whole lot more than what we're able to give now. But just because there's more dependence in our home, and we, and, but we worked, we still overflow, and we still got generosity coming out of our lives. It just looks different. It's okay to look different. But stewardship and generosity work hand in hand. It's like paddling the boat with two oars. It's like riding a bike with two whirls. It's important. Just remember, if you say something's mine, it's only yours because God's put it in you. He's given it to you. He's put it in me. He's put it in me. He's put it in you. You know, 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 2. says, care for the flock that God has entrusted to you. Watch over it willingly, not grudgingly, 
not for what you'll get out of it, but because you are eager to serve God. If, if uh, we we have conversations with our children sometime, and, and they go, oh, they say stuff like, "God, uh, they they like, Mum and Dad, your church." And we have to correct them. We're like, no, 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 this is not our church. This, this, this is not my church. This, this, we, we, don't, we don't see this as our church. We see us as stewarding this church. There's going to be a time where God no longer wants us to steward this church. When that day comes, who knows? But there will be a time. We steward the church and mastered them for five and a half years. And there became a time where God said, no, I don't want you to leave that place now. I want you to go to here, to Needham. So we said, yeah, we'll steward this church. But I read out 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 2. It says, careful the flock that God has entrusted to you. No one's ours. We have the privilege of seeing generally around about 100 people transfer through the life of the church every year. And we have a great opportunity just to steward them, to love them, care for them, hopefully encourage, spur, champion them on to wherever they go. I've seen doctors all over the world, all over New Zealand, nurses, teachers, physios, lots of other students that have come through the university. We've just got to steward We've been seeing many families come into the life of the church. We just get to steward. We just get to serve. Because God has entrusted us to watch over willingly, not grudgingly, not for what we will get out of it, but because you are eager to serve the Lord. Whatever, whatever the Lord entrusts you with, do it because you're eager to serve the Lord. Do it because you're eager to serve the Lord. Generosity, stewardship work hand in hand in the principles of God. You will live in the slipstream of God. You won't have to be walking head into headwinds. You will live in the slipstream of God if you put these principles into your life. If you don't want to, that's cool. That's okay. Just go on the journey with God. Amen. Can we stand to our feet? We're going to finish. Thank you, Lord. I get it. It's a challenge. But many, many actually biblical principles in the Bible are a challenge because it always leads us to faith or it leads us to fear. Fear generally occurs because we're trying to do things out of our own ability. Faith occurs when we go, Lord, okay, I'm gonna exercise wisdom and I'm gonna exercise faith and I'm gonna let you grow in my heart around this. I've got many friends, many people that I've talked through around stewardship around tithing, giving back to God. And they've done it. And it was tight. And it was really tight, super tight. 
and it was a struggle and it was a strain. But I could probably get them up here and say, would you share your testimony on it? And they'll be able to tell you, yeah, we trusted God in it. Got different promotions, different blessings, different doors opening up in their lives. Why? Because they just chose to be a steward. They chose faith rather than fear. And they honored God in it. And why don't we pray this morning together? If you feel comfortable, why don't you close your eyes? Lord, we all just stand here this morning. Lord, accepting who you are as our Lord and Savior. We thank you, Jesus, that you died on the cross and you rose again. Three days later, by the power of your Holy Spirit, you took the penalty of our sin on the cross. By your body broken and your blood shed for us, we have been redeemed. And by faith, Lord, this morning, not by fear, by faith we accept that and we receive your love. But Lord, there's many other areas through the Word of God that bring faith and bring blessing and bring abundance and bring overflow in and through our lives. But we only step into it by faith. And so Lord, as we just come to you this morning and we say thank you for what you've done through our salvation, may we take the same faith and add it into other principles and other areas of our lives. Lord, whether it's forgiveness, whether it's finances, stewardship, generosity, Lord, we step into it by faith, not by fear. And Lord, even out of our own lives, we just say, Lord, come and lead us and guide us by the power of your Holy Spirit so we may live in your slipstream, live in your obedience, live in your abundance. In Jesus' mighty name. Just while we're praying this morning, I encourage you, go on that journey. Talk to God about it. Talk to leaders about it. Talk to other people. Grapple it. Journey it. Thrash it out. Just go before God. But may the goal be faith, not fear. But this morning, if you're here, and first of all, you've never given your heart to Jesus. You've never acknowledged Him as your Lord and as your Savior. I think this is the greatest, most faithful decision that you could first ever make, is having Him as your Lord and Savior. It's like that illustration. A master came and gave to three servants. Here's the thing. In that illustration, the master is the Lord. And He wants you to be a servant. He's called you. He's a servant. He wants to entrust you. But you first got to acknowledge Him and you've got to first give your heart to Him. You've got to first acknowledge that there is sin in your world. And it's only by His love and His grace on the cross that we've been redeemed. And this morning, the Bible says that if we believe in our heart, and confess with our mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior, and He's faithful and just to forgive us of all of our unrighteousness. Thank you for listening to this message recorded live at Equipus Church, Dunedin. We pray that it blessed you. For more information, please check out equipuschurch.com.